TOB number 12, Attempted Reconstruction. General audience of December 19th, 1979. What is shame and how can one explain its absence in the state of original innocence, in the very depth of the mystery of the creation of man as male and female? From the contemporary analyses of shame, and in particular of sexual shame, one can deduce the complexity of this fundamental experience in which man expresses himself as a person according to his own structure. In the experience of shame, the human being experiences fear in the face of the second eye, thus, for example, woman before man, and this is substantially fear for one's own eye. With shame, the human being manifests instinctively, as it were, the need for the affirmation and acceptance of this eye according to its proper value. He experiences this at the same time within himself and toward the outside, in the face of the other. One can thus say that shame is a complex experience in the sense that while distancing one human being from another, woman from man, as it were, it seeks at the same time their personal approach toward each other, creating a suitable basis and level for such an approach. For the same reason, shame has a fundamental significance for the formation of ethos in the relations between human beings who live together, particularly in the relation between man and woman. The analysis of shame clearly indicates how deeply it is rooted precisely in their mutual relations, how exactly it expresses the essential rules for the communion of persons, and likewise how deeply it touches the dimension of man's original solitude. The emergence of man's original shame in the immediately subsequent narratives of Genesis chapter 3 has a meaning with many dimensions, and we must take it up again its analysis in due time. What is the meaning, by contrast, of its original absence in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25? They were naked but did not feel shame. We must establish, first of all, that it is a question of a true non-presence of shame and not a lack of it or of its insufficient development. Here we can in no way maintain a primitivization of its meaning. Thus, the text of Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 decidedly excludes not only the possibility of thinking about a lack of shame or about shamelessness, it excludes even more the possibility of explaining it by analogy with positive human experiences, for example, those of childhood, are those of the life of so-called primitive peoples. Such analogies are not merely insufficient, but they can be entirely misleading. The words of Genesis chapter 2 verse 25, they did not feel shame, do not express a lack, but on the contrary, they serve to indicate a particular fullness of consciousness and experience. Above all, the fullness of understanding the meaning of the body connected with the fact that they were naked. That one should understand and interpret the text just quoted in this way is witnessed to by the continuation of the Yahwist narrative, in which the emergence of shame, and in particular of sexual shame, is linked with the loss of that original fullness. Presupposing, therefore, that the experience of shame is a boundary experience, we must ask ourselves, to what fullness of consciousness and experience, and in particular to what fullness of understanding the meaning of the body, does the meaning of original nakedness correspond, about which Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 speaks? 
participation in the visibility of the world. To answer this question, one must keep in mind the analytic process conducted so far, which has as its basis which has its basis in the Yahwist passage as a whole. In this context, man's original solitude is portrayed as the non-identification with his of his own humanity with the world, of the living beings on Amalia that surround him. This non-identification gives way, in consequence of man's creation as male and female, to the happy discovery of his own humanity with the help of the other human being. In this way, the man recognizes and finds his own humanity with the help of the woman, Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. This act of discovery, on the part of both, brings about at the same time a perception of the world that occurs directly through the body, flesh of my flesh. The discovery is the direct and visible source of experience that effectively establishes their unity in humanity. For this reason, it is not difficult to understand that nakedness corresponds to that fullness of consciousness of the meaning of the body that comes from the typical perception of the senses. One can think about this fullness in categories of the truth of being or reality. And one can say that the man and the woman were originally given to each other precisely according to this truth, inasmuch as they were naked. In the analysis of the meaning of original nakedness, one absolutely cannot set aside this dimension. This participation in the perception of the world in its exterior aspect is a direct and, as it were, spontaneous fact before any critical complication of knowledge and of human experience, and it seems to be strictly linked with the experience of the meaning of the body. Already in this way, one could perceive the original innocence of knowledge. The inner dimension of vision. Yet one cannot identify the meaning of original nakedness by considering only man's share in the exterior perception of the world. One cannot determine it without going down into man's innermost being. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 introduces us precisely to this level and wants us to look there for the original innocence of knowing. In fact, it is by the dimension of human interiority that one must explain and measure the particular fullness of interpersonal communion, thanks to which men and women were naked but did not feel shame. In our conventional language, the concept of communication has been nearly alienated from its deepest original semantic matrix. It is tied mainly to the realm of the media, that is, for the most part, to products that serve as means for understanding, exchange, and bringing people closer together. By contrast, one can rightly assume that in its original and deepest meaning, communication was and is directly connected with subjects who communicate precisely based on the common union that exists between them, both to reach and to express a reality that is proper and pertinent to the sphere of subjects' persons alone. In this way, the human body acquires a completely new meaning, which one cannot place on the same level as the remaining exterior perception of the world. In fact, it expresses the person in his or her ontological and essential concreteness, which is something more than individual, and thus expresses the human, personal I, which grounds its exterior perception from within. The whole biblical narrative, and particularly the Yahweh's text, shows that, through its own visibility, the body manifests man, and in manifesting him acts as an intermediary that allows man and woman, 
from the beginning to communicate with each other according to that communio personarum, willed for them in particular by the Creator. Only this dimension, it seems, allows us to understand rightly the meaning of original nakedness. In this context, any naturalistic criterion is bound to fail, while the personalistic criterion can be of great help. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 certainly speaks about something extraordinary that lies outside the limits of shame known by human experience, and that is decisive for the particular fullness of interpersonal communication. For the fullness that is rooted in the very heart of the communio revealed and developed in this way. In such a relationship, the words, they did not feel shame, can only signify, in sensu obliquo, in an indirect sense, an original depth in affirming what is inherent in the person, that is, what is visibly feminine and masculine, through which the personal intimacy of reciprocal communication is constituted in all its radical simplicity and purity. To the fullness of exterior perception, expressed by physical nakedness, corresponds the interior fullness of the vision of man in God, that is, according to the measure of the image of God. See Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. According to this measure, man is truly naked. They were naked even before becoming aware of it. See Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. We must still complete the analysis of this important text in the next meditations.